Today's SWAPA number is four, as in stage four cancer. Imagine if you were given that diagnosis by your doctor. On today's show, myself and Tony Caparella from the benefits team ended up talking with SWAPA pilot Todd Hermling about what he felt when he heard those words from his doctor, as well as what he's experienced while he's been out on disability. We also talked about how he dealt not only with his diagnosis, but what advice he has for other pilots who may be going through the same thing. Southwest 569, runway 15 right, clips takeoff. Clips takeoff, 15 right, Southwest 569. I'm Amy Robinson, and here's my interview with Todd. Okay, so Todd, let's go ahead and start with you telling your story of when you were on disability and kind of like, how did you first find out you were ill? It was back in December of 2016, about the end of the month. I had just gotten a medical and was cleared again, class one. And my wife noticed a small bump in the small of my back. And I told her, eh, it's not a big deal because I've had fat tissue cells called angiolipomas, which are completely harmless. And they're just below the skin and are just like little fat globules. And I've had one or two removed before in the, in the past. And uh, she said, well, this one doesn't look right. It looks kind of purple. So I said, yeah, I'll take care of it. And I, I waited a few days and I went in and had the small bump excised. It was subcutaneous. It means it just below the skin level. And I was out with my wife running errands and I got a phone call from the doctor that had removed it and said that uh, you need to get to MD Anderson immediately. And of course, I was really uh, worried about that. I said, well, MD Anderson's for cancer treatment. And he said, yes, I understand that. You need to get to MD Anderson. So my wife and I, we were supposed to get married the next day. This news was the day before I got married. We uh, went in, got married, and then uh, the following day, we had the wedding planned and all, and then we went to MD Anderson. I showed up. Dr. Wen Jen Hu was one of the top oncologists down there, and I still didn't really know what I had. Doctors on initial diagnosis just don't like hitting you in the side of the head with a baseball bat with the news. So I was down in MD Anderson. My wife is in the room, my brand new bride. I'm pacing back and forth, and um Doctor who walked in with her nurse practitioner, PA actually, physician assistants, and she said, Mr. Hermling, you need to sit down. I said, is it that bad? And she said, yeah. So as pilots, we like to control the situation. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to remain calm. I can see that my new bride is extremely nervous. And that's when she broke the news to me. We just did a full body scan of your body. You have, based on what I can see is stage four metastatic melanoma and RAS variation. I said, that's impossible. I'm in awesome health. I'm 53 years old and I run a six minute mile. I stay in great shape. I CrossFit. I'm a competitive skydiver. And she said, well, you have melanoma. And uh, I still couldn't believe it. Initially, there was no point of origin or a start, but they were able to find out where that start point was. But this was, you know, a few weeks later after a, a follow-up examination, they found what they call the focal lesion or where the cancer originally starts. So 
so I sat down. My wife is extremely upset. I'm extremely upset, understandably. And um, I said, with this, what is my prognosis? And she says, well, we've got experimental programs here. And I said, what are my, what are my um, treatment options? What kind of protocol can I get on? And she says, well, there are several treatment protocols that are available for you. I said, okay, that's great. That's good news. What's my survivability? And she says, well, we, we don't like to talk in terms of survivability. We like to talk in terms, I said, you know what, doctor, I can take it, but I need to know what I'm fighting. And she says, well, you have 27 tumors internally and your prognosis is four months without treatment and six months with treatment. Wow. Of course, both my wife and I got extremely upset. A good analogy is crossing a, a country road in front of your house and somebody hitting you at 100 miles an hour. So I got my bearings and she said, we're going to start a treatment protocol. And immediately my mind is racing, okay, what options do I have? Uh, what kind of treatment? And uh, they were very forthcoming. They said the treatment's going to make you extremely sick because this is an extremely aggressive cancer. So we uh, left, went back down to my parents' house. And a backstory on that, my dad just six months earlier had been diagnosed with stage two Lou Body's dementia. So we knew within the next three to four years, he was going to pass away. And so obviously my mother got extremely upset. So we flew back up to Pittsburgh and that's when I contacted the union first and uh, I spoke to Brett and uh, he was very helpful and gave me a checklist and uh, I started it. But then, you know, you start looking at these things and going, well, what are my actual benefits and how am I going to commute back and forth from Pittsburgh down to Houston? Am I going to move in with my parents? I'm going to lose my benefits, which we can touch on that later. But it was quite shocking to receive that kind of news. When did you start with Southwest? How long have you been with Southwest? I started in the beginning of 2007. Okay. So I was in the April training class in 2007. Okay. So you'd been with Southwest for 10 years-ish? Yes. About a little over 10 years, yeah. You had no experience with filing for disability or loss of license or any of that prior to, correct? None, nothing. It's something that you don't think about until it happens to you. And then it's it becomes overwhelming quite quickly. What was sort of like your initial steps? What were the first? I mean, obviously, you're in Pittsburgh. You're worried about having to get back and forth to Houston. What was sort of the first things that they suggested or told you you should take care of? I needed to contact the FAA immediately, which I did. And of course, they uh, pulled my medical. After that, I started conversing with the oncologist down in Houston and setting up a treatment plan. But then the realization after speaking with uh, Brett and, uh, and a few others at the uh, union and at the company, I quickly realized that my travel benefits were going to be revoked once I became inactive as an employee at Southwest Airlines. So a few other Decisions were made and phone calls were made back down to Houston at MD Anderson. And then Dr. Who said, well, there's another oncologist up there that treats melanoma that's really good. And so I'm going to refer you to him. And, and he's starting a protocol right now with 100 people. And we're going to get you into that. So the following week, of course, 
you're in a rush mode. You're trying to take care of going out on disability, which was difficult on top of not being able to sleep at all at nights, not knowing whether or not you're going to survive this disease. Right. So I contacted Hillman Cancer Center and my, after visiting and being treated down in Houston, all my records were transferred back up to Pittsburgh and that's a Hillman Cancer Center. I went on a treatment protocol 13105 UPMC and um, it, the, the protocol was so caustic for my system. It was just absolutely awful that the FDA never approved the treatment, although it had one of the higher survival rates of uh, 32% at three years. Without treatment, it's a single digit uh, survivability percentage for three years. So I went on the treatment protocol. It was immunotherapy and chemotherapy, a two-pronged approach, which made me extremely, extremely ill. And there are times where you, you just want to quit. You want to give up. My wife, God bless her. She's a gift from heaven. She absolutely was my center pole in the tent and she kept everything together. I went through the treatment protocol for two years. It's the sickest I've ever been in my life. So you actually did chemotherapy for two years? Yes. It, it was a shot of what they call pegulated interferon 2B, which is kind of subvariant of uh, chemo. And it gives you flu-like symptoms, hairs fall out, vomiting, uh, diarrhea. It really, really messes with your system. And it gets to a point where you just can't, get up and down a flight of stairs without really working at it. And you experience something like this when you're in perfect health. It's like being hit in the side of the head with a baseball bat. It just is, it's awful. And I would never wish this on my worst enemy ever. But going through the treatment protocol, I, I learned a lot of things in my life, things that weren't so important, went to the top of the list. And things that were really, really important to me um, fell to the bottom. So during that time, you find out you have to have this, this treatment. You're going through it. It's very um, caustic. I, I, I am a cancer survivor myself. I, I amen. And I, uh, um, I did eight weeks of chemotherapy, and that was very, very. Here, I, I hear I, exactly what you're saying because I couldn't. I, I thought the same thing. There were times you're just like, I can't do this again. There's no way. So I totally understand what you're. Everything you're saying is. Um, you have me nodding quite a bit. But as you're going through this, you realize also in addition to having to take care of yourself, obviously you have to pay for your bills and you have to take care of, you know, like your file for disability and all of those things. Was that a difficult process? Because I, I think everybody sort of assumes that, you know, all of these things are pretty simply taken care of. But in that moment, when you're really very down for the count, how did you handle those things? And was there help for you with that? There was, and it came from the union and from Brett and all the representatives there at the union, they stepped forward and provided a pathway for me. The company leadership did call me. I, I received a call from the CEO and then uh, Mike Manman called me as well. And it made me feel so much better. Actually, he shared a story with me that, uh, you know, I really can't get into, but it, it just, it was heartwarming for, and, and Mike Vandeven called, uh, called me three times and that meant a lot. And it, he actually, when I 
made it back. I think it was one of the few, perhaps not the only stage four melanoma survivor to come back to fly a commercial airline. It, it meant a lot for him to show up at the training center and spend 30 minutes with me. He, he just walked right into the center of our class and said, I want to talk to this young man here. He's a miracle. That's a good testament to the heart of the company. I assume you had short-term disability? I did. And so I had accrued a, a pretty large amount of sick leave. So in that, I was able to stretch them out. I think the minimum uh, was 47 and a half trips a month, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So I was able to stretch that out for about and remain on active status uh, with the company. I believe, as I remember, a little less than a year, I think about 11 months. But once those benefits end, uh, basically, I could no longer travel. And at the same time, my dad was uh, slowly fading away. So I did buy a couple of tickets to come down to see my dad, but I was unable to when he actually passed away. And he passed away during the tail end of COVID, which hardly anyone was traveling at all. And my immune system was so banged up and so weak, there's no way I could have gotten into the general public with anyone without being exposed and getting really, really, really sick. I don't know that most people recognize that their flight benefits end like that because, you, you know, you kind of assume having flown most of your life that you'll be able to see your dad or go get treatment at MD Anderson or whatever, right? I mean, I think most people just have that assumption. They don't realize that that's not going to be there when they would might need it the most, right? That's correct. As humans, we always think that nothing's going to happen to us and that we're going to go through life unscathed, but bad things do happen to good people. And you've got to have a safety net that's there that can allow you to travel to a different treatment center if you choose without having to pay an exorbitant amount of money. There are other things that you have to spend your time with, and that is surviving a disease that is extremely dangerous and deadly. And you can't devote that much time trying to figure out what am I going to do if I'm not cured of this disease or if it lingers for longer than, in my case, if it had gone much past age 58 or just five or six years later, I definitely would have had a major problem with medical and the treatment and that. I assume you also probably had to go on COBRA if you were out for more than a year. Is that correct? That is correct. And thank goodness uh, I received reimbursement from SWAPA. There's no way I could have ever paid. It was $1,980 a month for COBRA because my medical bills were so extremely high. Once a month with the immunotherapy, I believe it was a little over half a million dollars. Oh, wow. It was still experimental then, but it worked. That's the positive outcome that we can draw from this. So you've been through a lot. When did you come back to work? I came back in July, two years ago. So I've been at work now for a little over two years. So that would have been in 2021. And that created a whole different can of worms. Coming back to the company, I noticed that we were able to change providers, which was good. Coming back, it was absolutely incredible. I thought that I would never come back to commercial aviation at all. And if I was lucky, I might be able to get a, a third-class medical, but never first-class medical. And uh, they were very welcoming at the training center and 
referred to me as a walking miracle. And um, so I came back and my story is a little different from most others that would come back. So I was ex-military retired and I was receiving TRICARE for life. And when the long-term disability insurer asked for, actually they directed me to apply for social security disability, which I did. And in doing so, unknowingly, I forfeited my TRICARE. So you can't receive disability from two different government agencies. So when I actually came back to Southwest Airlines, I discontinued my SSDI, my social security disability income and my Medicare part A and part B. Unknowingly, they canceled part B, but did not cancel part A. Part A deals with hospitalization and the bills that you owe if you are hospitalized. It is free. Once you're on it, it's extremely difficult to get off of it, which I did not know. And so I started back to work and I started getting my scans, which are required by the FAA every six months to ensure that I'm cancer free. And TRICARE informed me that they would not pay for the copay, which was 20%. Well, a scan is in tens of thousands of dollars. So I started getting these bills for 42, 43, $4,800 every scan that was unpaid. And so I had to put those together, fight those with the hospital and inform them that I was no longer on Medicare. So then I called the Social Security Administration and after two years of arguing with them, I was able to discontinue part A, not really knowing for sure that I would ever receive it again so that I could get TRICARE to kick back in, which is going to happen this September. So it took over two full years to get my TRICARE back where they would co-pay the 20%. So every six months, I wasn't receiving a $5,000 bill. So Todd, you went through short-term disability, long-term disability, and just to educate our group, in long-term disability, about how long were you out when you had to apply for Social Security Disability and Medicare? Imme almost immediately, uh, they start to bug you to apply for Social Security Disability Income and Medicare Part A and B. As soon as the insurance companies have to pay premiums, they immediately want those premiums reduced. And of course, you're sent letters saying that you're going to forfeit a good portion of your income if you fail to apply for disability. You're basically not strong-armed, but you're highly encouraged to apply for Social Security Disability Income and Medicare if you're eligible for it. And when that Social Security was paid to you, was it taxed? And so now you were receiving less money per month? Yes. It, and so you, I'm receiving less money from the insurance companies and from loss of license and that's taxable. At the same time, I'm receiving the offset amount. I believe it was 37%, and that was all taxable. So I wasn't receiving this, the, what we should have received, which was 12500 I was going out on disability and then 
being disabled with the Social Security Administration, they tax you and they tax you big. And did they charge you for Medicare? Yes. That's a premium they take out of your monthly Social Security payments. Todd, you were lucky to have a good sick bank and tax-free loss license. If you didn't have a sick bank and you went out with zero sick trips and a taxable loss of license, would you have been able to survive financially? No. Uh, I honestly think that I could not have done that, not with the amount of medical bills coming in. Um, I would I would cursor that with the fact that Social Security Administration did step in, but had they not, there is a very, very high probability I would have to I would have had to have had my my treatments discontinued. And I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today. So, Todd, you you talked about the COBRA uh, payments being reimbursed. um, And I I don't think all of our members necessarily know how that is reimbursed. Can you explain that just a little bit for members who don't necessarily know that? Yes. So it, it is a quarterly reimbursement, as I remember. So every three months, you have to set aside money in your account and you're going to have to make uh, three payments. In my case, it was upwards of $2,000. And then you are reimbursed at the end of that quarterly cycle. So in that case, I was receiving money. I think it was a little over $5,800, which covered three months of uh, COBRA. And uh, thank goodness... Uh, Swap was able to step forward with that. That was huge. And I am very grateful and very happy and very thankful that Swap was able to do that for me. Thank goodness. And, and Tony, that's, that's covered through our VEBA plan or, or how, did, how was that paid for? That's paid for by the VEBA plan. So when Todd was out on COBRA, he is reimbursed by the VEBA plan for that 18-month period. And then when Todd transitioned into the VEBA plan full-time, that was also paid for by the VEBA plan, which every single pilot at Southwest pays $15 a month to fund. So what is something that you learned from this pretty grueling and horrible process that you would want to tell someone who maybe just found out they were sick? I would tell them get in contact with the union immediately and start the process early. I know that as humans, we don't wish anything bad to happen on ourselves or, or anyone that we love, but it can and it might happen. It can happen. I'm proof of that. You can be in great shape and still get really, really, really sick. And I got in touch with my friends that worked at American and one at United that had similar medical conditions as myself that uh, did not enable them to fly. And as I remember, they were receiving $12,500 a month from the company tax-free, and they still had travel privileges, which I, I, I couldn't quite understand how there was such a difference between the two companies. And that was not heartbreaking. It was just concerning. And I know nobody thinks of these things when you're healthy and happy and you're on the line, but We are all exposed to a significant amount of radiation. And, you know, if you Google 
life expectancy of a commercial pilot, it's only 61. That was kind of surprising. You've got to be prepared. You cannot show indifference to this because it might come up and bite you like it did me. You've got to think of terms of survivability without having to be worried about how you're going to receive your benefits and when. It just seemed like his process at American was so much simpler than mine. He was able to devote more of his time and effort in fighting his cancer than I was. That is for sure. That is a fact. So you felt like a lot of your time was spent trying to navigate this process as opposed to the time that you would have spent worrying about getting better? Yes. And you try your best to try to compartmentalize this, but it's overwhelming. And I would just like to say this to my brothers and sisters at SWAPA. Don't accept a contract that does not have a decent disability program, one that is comparable. I know it's extremely enticing to look at a huge pay salary increase, but what good is that salary increase to you if you're not taking part in it and you're disabled? I want to say thank you to Todd for sharing his powerful experience with us. And I also want to mention one of the reasons that I don't have a co-host today is because NC member Kurt Heidemann is in the room discussing those very benefits that Todd spoke about. Please remember that we do want to hear from you. And if you have any feedback, please drop us a line at com at swapa.org. And finally, today's bonus number is 1016. That's the first day of open enrollment for our current Swapa LTD and STD benefits. And that runs through October 27th. So please sign up today if you get a chance. Southwest 23, 23, clear to land. Thank you, Southwest 1223, clear to land. 